The presenting sponsor of Upmarket is Aereo, the best place to help manage and grow your real estate media business. Online at Aereo.com. That's A-R-Y-E-O.com. Welcome to Upmarket, a podcast about the business of real estate photography and media. My name is Reed Fish. I'm the CEO and a co-founder of Upmarket Media, a real estate media company based in Southern California. Ah, sorry guys, but no Mark today. We do have Chelsea in-house producing today. Hi guys. Chelsea, it was kind of a disaster not having you for the last couple episodes in-house, but I, so I'm really, really happy that you're here today. Sorry. Well, I am here no, today. Yeah, it's okay. It's not, you don't, I mean, you know, you have other things to do sometimes. So, but I'm also excited that we have a special guest, kind of a adjunct upmarket media family member. It's Jeff Alcasian, who served for 20 years as president, CEO, COO, CTO, CIO, and EVP, don't know what any of those things are, for various companies, and now uses that knowledge in his consulting business, where he helps companies achieve cultural and organizational change and an increased bottom line. Jeff is also the business coach slash advisor for Upmarket Media. So he has a very clear window into the day-to-day grind and long-term strategies for growth for real estate media companies. Jeff, our emphasis on this podcast has been to talk about the business of real estate photography and kind of chronicle Upmarket Media's journey in scaling. So for our listeners who are contemplating making that same journey, how does somebody know it's time to scale their business? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Oh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> And that's a great question. Because Thank you. I worked it, hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a question that most entrepreneurs have usually within the first year or two. And then it is what's next. Uh-huh. And that what's next is really derived from a, a burning why of why I'm in the business. And so as soon as somebody can get to that why, we decide what's next and you step back and you say, what do I want to achieve in three, five, 10 years? Do I want to have a, this business as a career? Do I want to sell this business? Do I want to have somebody come in and have it to be passive income? So it really depends on what's motivating that person. Right. But I, but I feel like a lot of people are not they can't think that way. They, they, they can't sit and look at the big picture because it, especially in this business, as you know, it's a grind. We're, we're just, we're churning, 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 churning. So how, how, I mean, is there like a sign in your own business that where you say, Oh my gosh, I, I, I need to make a change. I don't know that there's a sign. I think that there is a moment where you've, you've taken a breath or a break or you take a small vacation or a weekend. And during that time, is when the self-reflection happens and what, what's next. And you have to go back to the why. The why is what's going to drive what's next. But so, cause I was kind of thinking you were going to say something along the lines of, well, you work in 14 hours a day and you know, that's, that's the sign, but that's not a sign. No, because some people like working 14 hours a day and that is their habit. Right. Well, habit is it's their habit, but maybe it's not their like. True. True. Uh, potentially. Uh, yeah. But I think people, I think people associate 14 hour days with entrepreneurship. And so again, it is that moment that you break from that, that you step back and you say, I either enjoy 14 hour days or I don't. And that's when you t- talk about scale. And okay. the first thing we do in scale is what am I doing that somebody else can be doing with me right. or for me? Right. So that's, so what, so that does lead to the next bit is what is the first thing you need to do when you scale? We had a whole episode about that. We have our own theory. I want to hear what you, uh, what you think it is. Uh, priorities, simple priorities. So what I tell my clients to do is to list out, um, what are the things that you are the only person that can do in that business? Uh And what are the things that you can do that somebody else could do? Maybe not as efficient. Mm Mm-hmm but somebody else could do. And then I start to get into a delegation mode. Okay. I either delegate it or I design a system that I don't have to do it anymore. Right. So because we did it, the, our, our whole thing was the, the key to us being able to scale was hiring Chelsea. 
Yes. Ha- having, having administrative help even more so than having, cause we had you know, our other employee, Dustin before Chelsea and he was our, you know, second shooter doing video, but, and that allows you to kind of build your business more. But until we had the admin help, I, I you just hit the ceiling. There's just no but, way about it. But remember when you guys, before you guys hired Chelsea, you guys had to really look at what you were doing during the day and what you could offload. And when you right. realized what could be offloaded, you, that's when you guys made the decision to hire Chelsea. Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you have to know what you, you have to know what you need done when to, in order to hire somebody. Um, so building out a team is then kind of the key or, and, and, but how do you know how many employees can you hire? I mean, I, cause I really feel like we can like, like Mark and I, I think are good about talking about philosophically how you, all, all these things, but I think they're kind of nuts and bolts. Like how does this work in a business? How can you make sure you have the money or how can you, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping you can speak to a little bit. Cause you have so much, all those different things you've done. You have so much business experience. Well, the first thing we talk about is how much time we're spending doing the things we can delegate. Okay. And if it is greater than eight hours a day, which sometimes it is, Uh that's a no brainer. Hire somebody. If it is three hours, then maybe we hire somebody part time. Right. Or maybe we get a virtual assistant, but it is all based on what I am doing that I can offload. Right. But then how do we know um, how we can afford it? Well, I'm hoping that everybody has done a good cash flow budget or a projection to understand where their oh. money is. Oh, well, yes. I don't know, but see, I think you, you know, a lot of people, and I would say in this industry too, so many people come at it from a creative standpoint from a, Oh, I'm, you know, I love taking photos and they don't have that business background. Even with, as we merged with Mark, I understood that like we had kind of more thorough books than he did because we had gone through um, your coaching and, and everything else. And, and where Mark was just like, yeah, I don't really, ha-. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he didn't really have all that stuff together. And, and, and I think that most people probably in our industry do not have those things at their fingertips. That is correct. People run their business based on what their bank statement looks like yes. every, every morning. Yes. Yes. So they don't know what they can afford because they uh-huh. have no ability to see into the future. They just know work comes in and I produce it. And if it's too much, I hire somebody. And that's not a healthy way to do it. So you must take a look at where you've been and where you're going to be going. And it's a cash flow projection to see exactly where we think we're going to be and what we're spending money on on a consistent basis. So how do you project it though? Well, part of it's a guess. Okay. You know, it's an educated guess. And some of it is a historical, like in your business, Mm -hmm. we know that there are certain times of the year that we're busy and certain times that we're not busy based on the market. Mm -hmm. So we can actually plug numbers into that. We also know that if our marketing is successful or has been successful, we have, we can see an increase of that as well. Okay. It is a guess, of course, but it's an educated guess. It is, but then you're using, but you really like how much of it is your past and how much of it is, I guess your past doesn't matter when you're talking about the future. I mean, it can help guide you. Right. But you know, like for instance, when, when we were sitting doing our analysis at the end of 2019 and you're saying, Oh, what's our financial goals for 2020? We're like, okay, well we can do 20% more than we did or 15% more than we did last in this year. And then we did like 40% more you know, because we didn't, didn't foresee a worldwide pandemic that then yeah, was a boom like, to our business. Yeah. Who saw that? Yeah. But at the same time, we knew while we projected, we could project the seasonality based on the historical information. Right. right. That's why the historical information is so important. Moving forward, it's a goal. Okay. So, so is there, is there a document or is there a, a, a set way to do this where, where someone can, is there something that you can tell people that they, you know, they need a cash flow analysis, but how do they do that? They're from the most simple process. It's an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet, which mm-hmm. is basically the, the left column would be what I am selling and what I'm spending money on. And mm-hmm. the top uh, columns would be the months of the year. Okay. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then fill in the blanks, do the math. And at the bottom, we should see a profit. If we don't, then yeah, we have some that's work even, to do. That's even a However, bigger problem. there are many systems out there that will put the profit first and work the sales and the costs to get to that profit. It's called the profit first system, which is very valuable. Sometimes we don't have control over that as, as much as we do. We know our sales and we know our costs and that's what the result is, is profit. Right. So that's the simplest way to do it. Well, the simplest way is on a cocktail napkin, but it doesn't calculate for you. Right. 
So we use Excel first. And if uh -huh. that doesn't work, well, then, or, or Google Sheets, of course. Mm -hmm. And then we will move up. up. Uh, Quicken has it as a budgeting thing. So does QuickBooks. So does Mint. And right. utilize the tools. I think the most important thing is to find the tool that works for you. Okay. So we, so we can analyze that. We can figure out that, okay, we are going to scale. So we are going to hire some people. And, and in fact, our last episode was all about our journey in um, hiring people and, and how we've done that. And so I, I don't think we need to get too much into that, but what do you think at that point you're bringing on team members? What do you think is the most important thing that you need to be doing to, to make sure that you have the business to go ahead and keep those people employed? Well, again, we're going to go back to our cash flow projections to make sure we can afford them on a consistent basis. Okay, sure. We've done that and we can't afford them. And, right? we're, and now we can afford them. So the question is, how do we know we're bringing on the right person? Okay. The first thing is, is what are the qualifications necessary for this particular job? And you want to do this in a document that you can be consistent with. So if I'm hiring you today or I'm hiring Chelsea tomorrow and it's the same position, we are, the criteria will always be the same. Okay. So it starts out with what that, what does that job look like and what does that job look like when it's successful? Okay. At the next phase, it would be, what are my must haves, my deal breakers? Because we've seen companies hire somebody that look good. My gut told me they were okay, but they didn't fill the, all the blanks. Mm -hmm. They yeah. didn't check all the boxes. And yeah. so that becomes a disaster because now I got to get rid of them. Right. And you know, the old adage, hire slow, fire fast. We never fire fast. We uh, fire slow because we don't like it. It's not fun. Right. Yeah. We fired slow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were there. You know. <laughs> but at the same time, we need to make sure we, we stack the deck in our favor. And that's where we're going through a document that is consistent. Okay. And so the next step is the must haves. What do I have to have to make this position successful? And what does it look like when it's successful? I also look at, I also will share that document with the potential candidates because they need to know what our expectations are, which would be, what does that job look like? And what does it look like when they're successful? Because the opposite of that is when they fail. Okay. And we don't want that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have the right people. How are we going to grow our business to make sure that we, that not only, so we've, we've, now we've hired these people, we're paying out this money. So that's money that used to go to us. And now we need to replace that money because I have a certain lifestyle that I've become accustomed to. Which is good, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> what we need to make sure is that our cash flow is on an increase to support and pay for these new employees coming in. So we go right back to marketing. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I knew, knew you were going to say that. I had to, sorry. Yeah. Because I, I think we have calls with you, well, now since the pandemic, uh, you know, twice a month. Yeah. We, we have consultations with you. And you say that to us every single damn call. What are you doing for marketing? What are you doing for marketing? Why, why are you honest about this all the time? Well, because I, I don't know if I, what movie it was, but there was a movie that they said, no bucks, no Buck Rogers. Okay. And I think it was the right stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're dating yourself. A little that's bit. A, yeah. It's okay. It's though. okay. It's I'm okay. okay you're, you're an older gentleman. It's fine. Um, money drives the business. Right. You know, money is the energy that's necessary for the business. And if we don't have the money, we can't pay our bills or we're taken away from ourselves. And that's a problem too, because nobody should work for free. Right. So marketing is, the, is if we're not marketing, we're not going to have this company because we won't have people coming to us. Right. And, but it, it, so, you, so basically though, you can just like, you can do some marketing and then you're, you're good. No, no. Marketing is something that is a full-time job. Uh, um, there was another movie, always be selling <laughs> ABS yeah. or ABC, always, always be, be closing, always be closing. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in an elevator, you're selling, if you're on the street, you're selling, it is something that has to happen all the time because we see seasonality. We see clients come and go. We see, you know, the market changes. We have to replace our clients every 18 months, whether we actually need to, which we actually do or not, because the evolution and the, the client cycle is inevitable. Okay. So uh, you have said this to us before. And so we need to replace our clients every 18 months. Yes, absolutely. 100%. So we, so we have like 400 clients, so we need 400 more clients within the next 18 months. That's the goal. And then that's the goal. And then obviously our original 400, we're not going to lose all those, Hope right? Not. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. 
Let me tell you why the theory works. Okay. Because Please. of the 400 you have right now, we are going to have attrition. Right. Right. Some are going to go out of business. Some are going to move out of the area, not work we, for We just had a client pass away. I'm sorry. It happens. That. Yeah, it does happen. So we have that natural attrition. If I replaced 400 and lost 200, not only have I replaced the 400, but now I've increased my sales by 200 clients, which is exactly what our goal is. Right. Increase our sales to afford our employees, to afford our lifestyle and so on and so on. Right. To afford a better lifestyle. That sounds yeah. like, I feel like if we got 200 more employees, man. I'd get, I'd, Did I'd, I say 200 no, employees? No, no, 200 more. <laughs> hey, then we'd really be doing well, maybe. I, yeah, 200 more clients. I feel like, ah, I would, Maserati time for Reed. 200 employees would be an HR nightmare. Well, but we'd have a whole department for that. I so, hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so marketing, it, it's always happening. And so that's, you just harp on us all the time. And But here's the thing. I think that most people, if like myself and Mark and Liz and, you know, and everyone who owns this company are in education, that's not something we want to do at all. No, of course not. Because that goes out of your comfort zone. In order to market, we need to put ourselves out there, whether it's through networking or it's through social media, wherever we're going to market our company, mm -hmm. we have to be, we have to play the role of an extrovert. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. It's also a pain in the butt. So yes, if, I've noticed. If it's something you don't want to do, you must delegate it or hire it out because it has to happen all the time. But do you think... It it's important for the owners to be out there doing it when you have, when you have a smaller company like us or could, or do you think it would actually fly if we had our, you know, salesperson or marketing person out there? I think in the beginning, all entrepreneurs need to be marketeers. Okay. Because they are the soul. They are the why. And when they're selling, there is a, there's more passion behind the sale, the prospect, because it is my business. I am doing the work. Once you get up to a good volume and you start to see yourself having to do some work, some administration and some sales, as long as you hire the right group or person, then mm -hmm. marketing can be moved off to somebody who is, has a track record of doing well with it, can play the role of an extrovert mm -hmm. and, and be, be successful at, at, promoting your brand, promoting your image, promoting your business. So people, number one, can tie your name to your process. So if it's video, it's photography. We always know it's, it's you guys. Okay. Hmm. To, I don't know if this is backtracking a little bit, but I, I did want to talk about as, as we start to think about scaling and you know, we'll get the employees, we'll get all this stuff. How much do you have to have in place before you can actually start this process? And I'm, I'm talking in terms of so many people I think are going to come at this and they're, for instance, a sole proprietor. Now, do you need to have in place like a new accounting system, a new, um, you know, uh, to be an S corp or to be an LLC or to kind of all these things that you want that as we're growing our company that we know that we need to tackle, how much of that do you have to have done ahead of time? Not a lot of it. In fact, when we, when we were, when you guys took the class at the women's economic venture, we would discuss the mechanics of a business, what goes first, what goes second. Uh -huh. And there, there is some incredible misinformation out there. Oh, please correct it. Like, oh my God, I have to have, I have to be a corporation before I start, or I have to have an, an accounting system, full blown accounting system. Right. And, and I, kind of giggled and said, so you're going to put zeros into your accounting system, <laughs> right? Or only costs into your accounting system. The things that were important were the things that are, that are regional, such as business license. If you're dealing with food, then mm -hmm. obviously a health and safety license. The mechanical things that are, are by, required by law. Insurance is a biggie. Right. But everybody, almost everybody starts out as a sole proprietor or a, or a partnership. And mm -hmm. once the ball gets rolling, you can shift that almost right. anytime you want, usually at the tax, you're in tax uh, reporting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 90% of the stuff that people freak out about in my class are, are, are not necessary until you're running. Okay. So what is necessary? Insurance. Insurance. Okay. A uh, business license, obviously mm -hmm. uh, you gotta, you gotta let the people know who are in charge that you're in business so they can collect their piece of flesh from you. Right. Um, you need to have some account, a way of accounting. It can be, it can be mint. It can be QuickBooks. It can be Quicken. It can mm -hmm. be, you know, it can be a spreadsheet if you need it to be. Right. Um, you also need to understand 
that marketing is the priority. I think we've said that a couple of times. Yeah, today. that's right. I think it's going to come up again. Yeah. So, um, so you need to make sure you have a marketing presence, which would be a, you know, we talk in the class and we've talked to you guys about the triangle. Oh, okay. What's the triangle? The triangle is your website, uh, your social media presence okay. and your networking. Okay. They each individual one will not solve your problem, but they are all validation to the other. So if I'm at a networking event and I hand out a business card, if we still do that, and then they're going to go to my website and they're going to validate my web, me mm -hmm. on the website. Is he legit? They're going to go to a social media. Does he exist on social media? And then all three will tie together. If I don't have all those three, my networking process is going to suffer. Oh. My marketing is going to suffer because I lose, I lose, uh, I lose validity out there or relevancy. All right. So you do need those in place. So you do need a social media and you do need a website. So you don't necessarily need to be an LLC, but you need to have a website. Correct. Yeah. And you also need to understand where your target market is. So you know, which social media platform to go after. Uh -huh. So if I was selling stuff for teenagers, I certainly would not be on Facebook unless I wanted their moms and dads to pay for it. Right. So you got to know your market. Right. And our market is realtors as you know, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently TikTok. Well, we'll, we'll talk about this in the social media sidebar. Um, and well, speaking of that, why don't we take a little break? We're going to come back with Jeff, have our social media sidebar. We're going to do a little ad. And then in the last half, we're going to have, um, I think a lot of good talk about like kind of goals and mindset and, and stuff like that. Um, I think it's, I think, I think it's going to be good. And I think Jeff is going to have a gangbuster action item because this is a guy who has just endless, endless action items. Well, thank you. So Chelsea, what's like the latest thing that you've seen happening in Aereo? What's, what's the latest and greatest best thing about Aereo? Well, the latest thing for us is the invoicing. Oh, and yep. We've been having, talking about it. Yeah. Having everyone do their orders through Aereo. It's wonderful. Oh, I love it. I'm sure you're loving it. I, I am. Well, I think it's I said before. Yeah, load a lot. Yes, it is. And it's, it's it, putting more on your plate, which I like. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so th that's been great. And, you know, Aereo, uh, it's it's really, I think, the best place to grow your business if yep. you're a real estate photography business. Agree. Jeff, what do you think? Of Aereo? Yeah. Well, any system that can take time off your plate or things off your plate is valuable. So if it's removed invoicing from your world, it's fantastic. So take it from Jeff. <laughs> and if you and if you go to Aereo.com and use the code upmarket, you're gonna get 15 free bonus listings for every new for each new client. So if you're a new client, you're gonna get 15 bonus listings. I don't even know how to talk about this stuff. Just do it. you rate and review this podcast oh my god you would just make us so happy we love that if you want to follow us on social media and we're upmarket pod on instagram and facebook you can dm us there uh if you if you want to give feedback on the show request you know uh request topics for um shows uh whatever you want just say hello whatever you want to do we love to hear from everybody um and so jeff social media where can we find you what, what, what do we, how do people contact Jeff well, if you, they need to? Because you could consult for people across the country, right? You're, it's all virtual now. I, you could. Uh -huh. However, However, I am at a point in my career uh -huh. that social media is not something I want to do. Oh, and so, you, is, so you're, you've maxed out. You're, I, have, you're, I have maxed out. I have, all of my marketing is referral based because uh -huh. I want a warm lead. Uh. However... If I was beginning my business, starting out, yeah. I would be on Instagram and Facebook based on the demographics and psychographics mm -hmm. of my target market. Yeah. Okay. I probably would have to start looking at TikTok. Yeah. Uh, simply because that's the flavor of the week. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, probably would, would also start a blog oh. uh, to give out my knowledge. But remember, with blogs, you need to be consistent. Yeah. That's, uh, that's hard. It, yeah, I know. And well, no, but we thought about doing that, didn't we, uh, Chelsea, about 
just putting our newsletter as a blog post. Yeah. Have we done that? No. Okay. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Something to work on. The most yeah. important thing about a blog or any, any kind of social media posting is consistency. Right. Uh, I think I, I think everyone out there would agree that if I if you went to a blog and it had last month or the month or the yeah. last year date on there, mm-hmm. probably not coming back. Yeah, for sure. And that's death. That's death to a social media platform. Right, 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 right. Um, but you do have a website. I've been on it. And what I like about your website is it's really a window into what the web looked like in 1999. So it's like going on a time machine. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, but you just said you don't need it anymore. I, it, I, I, it's, I, it's just I don't need it. And yes, it is a window into... <laughs> Uh, probably earlier than that. It was, if you want to talk about basic information, it yeah. is a basic information only. Right. And in fact, I think I share half of it with my wife. Yeah, I, you do. I, I saw it. And then also I am friends with you on Facebook, so you do have social media, but it's actually, uh, just pictures of you sleeping that your daughters post. So honestly, not a recommended follow. Well, actually, there is, um, because I enjoy my naps and yeah. my daughters enjoy taking pictures of me, I do have an Instagram. Oh. Uh, it's called Jeff Alcasian Asleep. Oh, okay. There, yeah. Uh, followed by most of my uh, athletes and friends. Um, oh, right. Because you're a, a big softball coach. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I actually know that I'm getting posted when people text me and say, oh, we saw you sleeping again. Oh, well, maybe maybe that's what's the fault. Jeff Alcasian sleeping. Uh, no, Jeff Alcasian asleep. Asleep. Okay. All right. I, I'm going <laughs> to cautiously go. recommend that as a follow. It's clean. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're going to be back with a lot more with Jeff. All right. Thanks. So Jeff, for the second half of the show, I want to have a kind of a broader conversation about goals and mindset. And I kind of want to use um, our company and and kind of going back to the days before we merged with Mark and became Upmarket Media when it was Liz and I, my wife, and it was Two Fish Digital. And because you were, you've been around since the old days. And so we started uh, working with you like four years ago. So um, we, and like we mentioned, just to give a little bit of backstory, you work with a local nonprofit called Women's Economic Ventures, which is basically an organization to support female business owners, entrepreneurs, right? Um, and so within that, uh, we had had a ton of friends who had taken uh, this kind of intense business class that you offer, you know, for like three or four months, one night a week, and just couldn't recommend it enough. And so Liz ended up at a certain point for us, it was like, oh, let's, we need to make some changes. And she ended up taking that class. And then once you graduate from that class, then you can go into the Thrive program, which we are a part of where you are assigned a business coach and there's a bunch of other elements that go with it. But then that's when I really started working with you. And so that was at, you know, the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And from your perspective, can you tell me where you think we were and what you saw? Absolutely. It, back then we were mom and pop. Okay. And we use that term for businesses that do not or cannot scale past the, the owners. Okay. And you were very successful. You guys did everything you needed to do to, to make a nice living for yourself, no. but it was not scalable. Right. Because when the, the, when the city picked up and real estate picked up, we had a different read. Mm-hmm. You. Yeah. And when it was slow, we had a different read. But when it was normal, kind of like, you know, uh, balanced, you were okay. But I could see swings in how you felt. Right. Well, going back to that time for me, I mean, I, mean, I think definitely Liz really felt like we needed to make changes because I was working too much. We were making okay money, but we still didn't have any money. Um, and we were like not coming at things from a business perspective. And I was, um, just in the grind and a bit resistant to change and didn't know how to change. Um, you know, Liz really identified the fact that we had to change. And I, 
I was burned out, right? That was what I was looking for. Yes. <laughs> there was one additional thing that happens when the you're, you're working too many hours and you're not getting the family time mm -hmm. or your personal time or self-care is not only do you burn out, but you become resentful. Yes. And you were very close. Yeah, I, I, I was. And I, I was, and, and I, I, I just remember I was frustrated and I, I, this one moment sticks out to me. It, we were, we were going to go into the thrive program and you do an intake interview and this woman, nice woman, I don't remember who it was, was you have like an hour long conversation, phone call with her and you do the, Oh, you know, what's your business? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Where do you see the business in a year? Where do you see the business in five years? And I remember I just like blurted out in five years, I want to have absolutely zero to do with the day-to-day -day operations of this business. And she laughed. She just like, was like, Oh, it was like taken aback by how, because I think I, I, I just said it very nicely there, but I was like, probably had a little bit of spite behind it. And I just remember feeling that way. And that was going into the Thrive program. That was my goal, right? right? That was my stated goal. Well, that's actually our first meeting that we had together was I do not want to be involved in the day to day. And I said, that's fantastic because actually that pushes somebody towards owner independence. Uh -huh. So the business does not actually depend on you personally. And that has been our goal besides the sales goals, besides the controlling our costs and marketing. That was one of the goals that we had to put together because in order for you to be successful, not as an entrepreneur, but as a person, uh -huh. you had to have the ability to be happy. Right. And you weren't. Yeah. And I don't know if I still even have that ability now, but you know, I think you're happy. That could just be more of a therapy issue rather than a, the, you know, happy, right. happy to give you my wife's card. <laughs> right. Um, right. But, but I, I see you as much more balanced now Uh huh. and whether you're happy or not, that's you, but I see you balanced and that was what our goal was. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely been a process. And, and I, and I think what I, I want to bring up about it is, you know, we set those goals, but I think in a way we lost sight of that goal a little bit. You just get into the grind, the grind, grind, grind. And yeah. even when we have you, we're meeting with you, you know, before the pandemic once a month. And then once the pandemic started, you know, twice a month, you know, we did the stuff to scale. We, we were able to hire an employee not too long after, um, we started working with you. Um, we kind of offloaded the video to, from Liz and we, you know, done these things, but I think we got to the end of 2020 and, and for more information on where we were at that time, you can go back to our very first episode, uh, where we kind of detail how, how Mark and I came together. Um, but I remember having a call with you we were kind of going over our end of year stuff or it was just a call. It was like probably, you know, October, November, 2020. And I, I like, I just remember being very frustrated and Liz was on the call. You were on the call. And, and I was just like, do you remember what the whole freaking point of this was that we're doing for five years? How am I closer to this? How am I closer to not having my hand in the day to day? I, like, I just don't see it. Like this, it's just like more, all this more work and I don't know how do I get off the train? And I said, you know, this guy, Mark, I want to, I, I think I, we should merge with that company. Both you and Liz were like, and I'm not saying like you were super against it, but it was like, Oh, hold on there, buddy. Hold on. And then, you know, everyone, we all kind of, I, I think came together on it, but I was desperate. Right. And I think just as like Liz was desperate when we started, when she started that weave class, um, I think I was desperate. Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it, but you, you had increased your sales. Yes. And we knew that in order for you to become less dependent or the business to be less dependent on you, we had to increase the sales to have the revenue to be able to hire and outsource some of this. It was happening. It wasn't happening as fast as we wanted it to, but that was merging with Mark's company was the most logical step. We just wanted to make sure we were doing it right. And for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. Which, which we did. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, it's a, it's, it's a hard journey to take. I will tell you what I tell everybody in class. If this were easy, everybody would do it. It is hard. 
It is hard from the beginning. It's hard in the middle. And sometimes it's hard at the end. Mm -hmm. But the hard is what makes it fun, as they said in in uh, League of Their Own, I think. But it was absolutely, this is part of our own independence. If we were working for somebody every single day, you wouldn't be able to do the things you're doing. Mm -hmm. And there is a, it's a balance of the effort and the reward, but it is not for everybody. You know, yeah. part of, part of the, uh, my class is not to teach people how to open a business or run a business. Mm-hmm. It is to flesh out those who should not. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, I never thought I was someone who should, like, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur and, and only in the last few years have I even embraced that? Oh, I guess, oh, I guess I do. I mean, it was more, Hey, I just started this to, you know, cause I, I didn't sell the screenplay. So I was like, Oh, I need to, you know, make some money. So oh, I can do these photos. I know someone who can teach me. And, and it, it just, and then all of a sudden five years later, it's your entire life. And, and I think I was also resentful because it's like, that wasn't my plan. I wasn't, I didn't start this to have some big real estate photography company. It was just like, Oh, I want to make a few hundred bucks a month you know, to help pay the rent. I mean, kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I definitely have to look at myself and, and look at how I was approaching the business and, and that, that was on my personality and my stuff that we were able to build a lot of the business. Cause I was the one out there and that's, I was the one that people knew where Liz was super integral to building the business. So she was just a little more behind the scenes. We had a baby, we had all this stuff. It's just the, the, the way that it worked at that time. I had such this attitude of nose to the grindstone. It has to be me. It ha- this is, I've been doing it this way and it's work. So this is the way it has to be. And now that we have a baby, I have to make even more money. And, and I think I was just so resistant to any sort of change. And it was, you know, the, obviously the credit has to go to Liz to, to, say, to take that brave step to say, Hey, we need to change. Even once she was in that class, I was, you know, too resistant to stuff. Yeah. And generally that happens, but there is a moment in the entrepreneur's lives where they say, I'm going to change from what I was forced into doing to make a living Mm -hmm. to actually becoming a business person, a business owner with a plan and with goals and it's that it's a switch. It gets turned on mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen easily. It happens when they, you step back and you get to that point where we talked about earlier, why am I doing this? Right. And I would, you know, to speak to your other, the point about, you know, really wasn't, this is really what I didn't know what, what I mm-hmm. wanted to do. Right. Almost, I'm like 50, 60% of the businesses that are out there started that way. I just started doing something cool. And next thing I know, I'm a business person. Right. So it isn't something that we step back, started, started with and said, we're just going to do it. Right. Um, with a plan and all that stuff. So you kind of fell into it and created a job for yourself. Right. That you happen to be the boss. Yeah. And then that switch turned on and you became an owner and you became an entrepreneur and you became a leader. And that's, that's the journey. Mm. But you see that journey all the time. All the time. I have a gift that I can see <laughs> that I can see true leadership within people way before they see it within themselves. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I am interested because in, in preparing for you coming in today to talk, I, I, I was thinking about those goals and, and that five year goal. So we're in the third year, I think, you know, we're coming up on four right. when we set that five year goal. So, is that still my goal? I don't know, you know, cause obviously you can set these goals and, and they can change. Right. So I of think, I, I think it, like if my five-year goal at that time was to not have anything to do with the day-to-day running of the company, I don't know if that's still what I want. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, then that's only another year of which Mark, if you're listening, sorry, I didn't know if I told you about that. <laughs> Hope you're having a good vacation, Mark. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting when at the end of every year, we would have a sit down and a planning session for the next year. Yeah, we do our SWOT analysis. Exactly. And we are going to do it again this year, but I'm going to add one more thing to it. And it's going to be a personal, uh, a personal meeting where is this where you want to be? Is this Mm -hmm. where you and Liz want to be? Because now you guys are at a point where the business is doing what it needs to do. 
Mm-hmm. It needs to be, it needs to grow. There's no question about it because every yeah. business needs to grow, but is it doing, is it now fulfilling your goals to where you want to be? Because five years ago or four years ago or three years ago, you, your goal was out of desperation. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was not a goal. It was, it was a demand. It was, it was a cry for help. Right. And a demand. Right. And so now we have given, the business has given you that opportunity to step back from the day to day. And now you can actually look at this way more objectively to be able to say, what does Reed want? What does Liz want? What does Mark want? Yeah. So, geez, can you, then, t- can you tell me what I want? Is it Chelsea, do you, can you tell me what I want? No, <laughs> that's all you. That's all you, baby. <laughs> Damn it. That's podcast number two. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I think it, it, it is interesting because I, I think it's, like it, it's definitely more fun now, oh, you yeah. know, I mean, it's still like, like, like working in the, in the business now for me is way more fun. And it's not, I'm not saying it's like, you know, fun, but it, it's as, as Mark and I've talked about a lot in this podcast, it's like we, when you're out there on your own in this real estate photography world, it's just can be so bone crushingly lonely. Right. And so now we have a team we have, I talk to Chelsea every day. I talk to Mark you know, a few times a week and, um, you know, and then I see the, our other team members and it's just, it's, it's a much more, and, and, you know, you just have that relief of like, oh, it's not all on my shoulders all the time, even though ultimately it is, but that, that day-to-day running the business is not on my shoulders. Well, you, the shoulders are are broader now. Yeah. And the question is, is does the business run you or do you run the business? And that's yeah. the question we always ask an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, and I feel, I, I feel like it's both. So I'm still in both the, the both camp, but I think four years ago I was in the, the, just the business was running me. Camp. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And so the question we ask leads us to the plan, which we executed together mm-hmm. uh, and you're on, you're on your way. You know, is it ever going to be perfect? No, because the, the elements change every day. You know, right. the economy changes, the, the weather changes. We have a COVID thing that we're still dealing with. So we have all these variables that you have to adapt and adjust to. But as a leader, you have the ability to not be pressured with the day-to-day operations. So you could help make a better decision for the future of the company or help guide the company. Okay. So do you think, again, I guess just to bring it back to our listeners a little bit, I mean, are like, but there are definitely people out there who are not, they shouldn't scale, who are doing the same exact job that, 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 you know, they have a real estate comp- photography company, but they maybe shouldn't scale. I mean, what are the, what are the, what are the traits? Like, what do you see as someone who you say, oh, I can spot these leaders before even people know they're leaders. I mean, what are you looking for? What, what can people find within themselves to know whether actually scaling is right for them? Cause it might not be right. That is correct. A uh, couple things. One is, they need to, they need to be able to have vision. If you cannot see past tomorrow, then mm-hmm. you are just working a job. The other one is you need to have the ability to admit when you're wrong. And many entrepreneurs cannot do that. It's their ego driven or it's a bunch of pride and being able to admit that I, this isn't, this is too much for me. I need help. And that's a very hard thing for entrepreneurs to accept. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I commend you guys on is the ability to accept help. It is a very hard thing to do. We're prideful. We have egos. We have, you know, we have child scripting that says we shouldn't need help. Right. And to be able to, number one, accept help from either your mentors, your, your mastermind group, or a consultant or a coach, that's, that's a big step. When people can accept help and understand that there is growth, that's when we see leadership possibilities. So, but you really have to look inward. Big time. <laughs> Go back to the I why. I don't like looking inward. I, I mean, that's a, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not so great. Oh, what do they say? <laughs> you have to compartmentalize some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You have to compartmentalize a, a whole lot. Right. But, you know, think about it. Child scripting is going to impact all the things we do every day. And you're going to have to bring them up, deal with it, put it in its proper place and move on. Right. So where do, where do we go? from here? Where does that market media go? Where do you think? I mean, what, what, like, I don't know. Like, I think we're doing okay. Yes, you are. You guys are doing great. 
what we talk about almost every session is what does mm-hmm. the future look like? Mm-hmm. And of course I asked you, what are you doing for marketing? Of course. Yeah. Um, the good news is you guys have chosen an area that will probably never disappear, which right. is real estate. Um, whether in fact, when the real estate market gets tight, you guys will do better simply because it's, it's harder to sell. Right. Um, at the same time, you guys offer a tool of marketing within, within yourself, your, your videos, your photography, all of the things you offer allow people to either market or sell or, or Mm -hmm. talk about. Well, we know that other industries, other, other markets need that stuff. It is not mutually exclusive to the real estate world. Right. Well, that does touch on something I did want to ask you about and it's less philosophical, but you're always honest to like diversify our client base, right? Absolutely. 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 You have to. Uh, and I know you guys don't want well, to. And that's the thing is that, 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 that's the thing that sends Mark and I over the edge every single time. It's like, oh, I don't, uh, you know, you're always like, go, you know, find, go photograph cars. And I was like, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the reasons why we look to diversify is to, is to combat seasonality. Right. Or, or economic trends that may impact the real estate market. Yeah. So, because if it all fell apart tomorrow, which it hopefully won't, I don't expect it to, what do we do? We have, right. all, we have all this equipment, all this knowledge, and where do we go? Yeah. So it is, it's an idea, yeah. but it is not something you well, have to do tomorrow. Well, we, you know, and back in the Two Fish Digital days, before at Market Media, we were really, we, we thought of our business as kind of a more of a two-pronged thing, where we had our real estate side, and then we also had kind of a video for small business side, like mm-hmm. storytelling for small businesses. And, you know, I think our revenue was 90% real estate and 10% the other. Right. And and I felt like for us, that was always a, a, a difficult um tightrope to walk of how do we market ourselves? What is our company? You know, how does your website look when you're trying to pitch these two very different things? And, and I, I, and then kind of once we moved to market media, we were like, okay, we'll keep the two fish digital branding. And so we'll still have that for small business marketing if, if we want, and we just haven't been able to put any energy to it. Um, and it's kind of, and it's kind of withered a, a bit. Um, and I, but that was always hard for us. So how do you diversify, but still, keep it under this one brand and this one, you know, how do you, how do you not muddy the waters for people? That's a great question because you asked, how do we do not, how do we keep it under the same brand? Yeah. If you are diversifying and it's, it's hard to keep it under the same brand because your brand, mm-hmm. your brand identity mm-hmm. is real estate. Right. So it may need a different brand. It may need a different division, right. but the way you start this is you identify a need you go out, you step back and you look at all the things that are going on out there that need what I do. Uh-huh. Is there a need and is there enough of it? We're going back to simple target market research. Right. Is there enough? And, and, and is there a sustainable market there? Right. And then if there is, and it makes sense, we put together a simple business plan and we see if we want to execute it. Simple. <laughs> but it sounds like a lot of work though. Of course it's a lot of work. Uh, I go back to my statement. This isn't for everybody. Yeah. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's, yeah, it's just something you would really need to take some action to do. And yeah. And you know about action. Yeah. We have action items. Yes, we do. Would you like to have one? Yeah. Well, I will. Would you, as the honored guests, you can go first or last. I'll be happy to go first. Okay. Do it. So to all of the entrepreneurs or even well, semi-entrepreneurs yeah. or even wishful entrepreneurs, I will give you this. Take a look at everything you do during the day, by day, for the week, and put next to it, is this something that only I can do or can somebody else do it with me or for me? Mm -hmm. Add up the hours that only I can do and add up the hours that somebody else could do and then take a look at that. If the hours that somebody else could do, we used to call that the me's and the we's. Mm -hmm. If the we's, somebody else and I, can do more hours than just me, we need help. We need to delegate. We okay. either need to have a virtual assistant or an employee or, you know, a Chelsea or somebody who is amazingly efficient at their time for our time. Mm-hmm. And then I can do the things that I need to do. So going back to the challenge or the action mm-hmm. item, take a look at your week and see what your week looks like. What so track what, your time. Were you, you, what did you call it before you were telling me about it? 
Uh, it really is a time value exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. What am I doing with my time? And you have to put in personal care and that's time too, because without personal care, you you know, your body's going to decide it's going to give itself up, but you will be amazed at what you learn okay. at the end of this exercise. Do it for one week and then finish the month okay. for the whole month and then step back and look at it objectively. Not, oh my God, I got to go to Starbucks every single morning. You know, those are going to become, you're going to find that there's going to be things that you're going to say, why am I doing that? It's kind of like in the class that Liz took the first week we had them do a personal budget mm-hmm. and we had them to do, we had them track their personal expenses so they could see, oh my God, really? Am I spending $30 a day on Starbucks? Mm-hmm. And you'll be amazed at you don't, you don't know what you don't know until you track it. Okay. So tracking your time is going to be the most important thing. And once you do, you will, it's a gift. It really is because you'll be able to take control of your life. Wow. From one action item, you can control your life. That's I, it. The, wow. Okay. Okay. Mine goes, and, and we actually kind of, I, I'd had it before, but then we ended up kind of talking a bit about it in that, in the last segment. But um, my action item is actually to ask for help. And, and, and that is, it, in, in just in a very simple way. And I think that just means find someone like Jeff who can work with you as a mentor or a coach, find a mastermind group, find a friend who also owns a business. Doesn't even have to be a real estate photography business. Invite them out for coffee and talk about business. Ask a question in one of the Facebook groups, make a con- just, and it's, it's, I guess less about necessarily asking for help, although I think that's big, but it's also make a connection because I think that is one of the ways that we have been able to transform our business is when you let other people in who are smart and who have good things to tell you, that helps you so much. And that's the, to me, it's the only way you can grow your business is to, is to let other people in, even if it's just in an advisory role. I will add to that a, my, one of my original mentors, may you rest in peace, said, together, we are a lot smarter than we are by ourselves. I think that's true. It's very true. All right. We don't realize it and we don't ask for help. Yeah. So we need to. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you, Jeff. My pleasure. <laughs> I had fun. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here in this way if it wasn't for you. Uh, I just took you to the dance. You dance, pal. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Upmarket is a production of Upmarket Media. This episode was produced by Chelsea Froelich and recorded, edited, and mixed by Marco Guerrero. We're so happy you listened today and really hope you'll listen to the next one too. In the meantime, our wish for you is to not have to do any Friday night twilight shoots. Thank you for everything.